On today's Ryan and Rush show, we recap the Duquesne game and look forward to the backyard brawl. And don't forget, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the Ryan and Rush show. But don't take our word for it. Take Coach Nealon's. Hi, this is Coach Don Nealon, and you're watching the Ryan and Rush show. Please subscribe. <laughs> And we welcome you in to another edition of the Ryan and Russ Show, your source for West Virginia sports. On today's episode, we're discussing the Duquesne game. It took a little bit of a lightning storm, Ryan, for lack of a better term, to get some lightning in the West Virginia football team. But hey, we had a breakout star, Hudson Clement. Hey, we, we were worried about this wide receiver room. We kind of stumbled into one. That's never a problem. Three touchdowns, 177 yards. The Martinsburg alum had himself a great day on the football field and got himself a scholarship, Ryan. Yeah, honestly, great, great day all around for, for him and his family and really happy for him. And obviously might've stumbled into ourselves, our number two wide receiver that we've been asking for, begging for these last 10 days. Um, Another guy that I thought was really good as well, Jaheim White. He finally was healthy, 12 carries, 110 yards. He's, he's going to be a stud and back to Clement. Anytime you're talked about in the same category as Tavon Austin and, and uh, Stedman Bailey, that, that's a good thing because it, those are the only other guys that have had uh, games like this, three touchdowns, 150-plus yards. So really a historic day and uh, looking forward to seeing how he grows in this offense going forward for weeks to come. Garrett Green also had four touchdowns, um, had himself a good day. As we talked about, this was definitely a get-right day, a get-right game. For the Mountaineers, uh, start off slow. Duquesne actually got off to a seven nothing lead, uh, but we we've seen this in the past, Ryan. You know, in other sports and other teams, is sometimes right. You, you try to kind of get certain things in motion. A lightning delay clears out the stadium for two hours. The Mountaineers go back to the locker room, discuss things, kind of get together. You know, sometimes we've even experienced it too, Ryan. Growing up, you know, playing baseball together is sometimes there's a weather delay, and those weather delays when you're hanging out with the team and really working on that bonding. The Mountaineers then come out and they take off. And hey, they're, this is maybe the strike that they needed to go right into pit. Found ourselves a player. Obviously, Devin Carter didn't play as well. Key players didn't play in this game. So another reason might have been for the slow start. And that's how we were able to see Hudson Clement come out. Um, Neil Brown already talked about in this press conference today. We will have Devin Carter, which we better uh, for the pit game. I guess he got stumbled up uh, last practice on Wednesday. Um, mm -hmm. and, and Coach Brown definitely agree with his decision to play it more conservative, especially with a team like Duquesne. Uh, we even got, got to see Nico out there. Nico played pretty decent, get some reps in, especially bringing him up to experience. Never know when any – I mean, Clement was the, the definition of, hey, be ready to go at any time, and when it's your time to shine, don't, don't let him take you back off the field. So always good for, for guys to get out there and get some experience. Um, and hey, we're, we're ready to go for pit, man. I'm ready. Yeah. It's, I mean, we've been talking about this game for six months. I mean, even farther. I mean, we've been, everybody's had the backyard brawl circled. It hasn't been played years. in Morgantown since 2011. <laughs> it's, 13. I mean, this, this is, this is the season. This is the pivotal game that we talk about. Everybody, every single guest that we brought on, what game is pivotal and how the Mountaineers are going to do this year, the pick game. It's been the pit game the entire time. Neil Brown's, I'm not going to say legacy because that word gets thrown around a lot, but 
but his mm-hmm. era depends on this game. Like he had, they they have got to find a way to win this game, and they should win. And we'll t- we'll touch on Pitt here in a minute. They're not this vintage Pitt team that they've been. They're 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 they could be had, and uh, it's a game we should win. And we'll we'll dive in throughout the rest of the week with a bunch of oh. Pitt preview stuff, the history of the brawl. So, but yeah, no, I mean Pitt did not look good on Saturday night, Rush, right? No, they did not. They got their butts kicked by a Cincinnati team and then cried about it in the press conference after. So going back real quick, though, to, b- before we kind of talk about what we saw Saturday night with this Pitt team, kind of to, to keep it on the, the West Virginia game, is you said, Niels Brown, maybe not a legacy, maybe not right on this game. I, I, I know I agree with you. The, the whole Neil Brown legacy, and we're always talking about his legacy and what it's going to be. Uh, the, his legacy does right on this game. I don't think, I think this is the one time you can correctly use that and not create, not, not have it come across as hyperbolic or an overreaction is this, this, this is everything. Actually, this is everything for, for both these teams historically and for the sake of this season, Ryan. I mean, both teams got their uh, FCS win. Uh, I, of, of course, I would rather have lost to Penn state, especially the way yeah. we did than the way Pitt lost to Cincinnati. Uh, but hey, both headed one and one, and no school wants to start their their conference play at one and two, and especially coming off your rival, especially one where things don't go right for Neil Brown. Maybe this is the last time we see him out on out on the field. But hey, this isn't just said it. This isn't the the vintage Pitt team. They're they're very beatable. They did not look good at all. Now they got to come to Morgantown. Teams have problems in Morgantown, Ryan. So it, it West Virginia. They are in the position that we needed them to be headed in uh, to pit week, The what we were talking about all last week. Thank goodness the score wasn't 35-17 like we talked about with Zach Weiss. At least we got 56 points. Um, obviously, I would have liked a little less from 17 from Duquesne there. Uh, but besides that early touchdown, you know, the, the, those other 10 points really really wasn't much, you know, especially when you, when you get going to the game. Mountaineers looked good. Um, was really happy with the result on Saturday. I was too, and I mean, rushed for over 300 yards as a team. We we keep talking about that's their bread and butter, and Pitt gave up 200 yards on the ground to Cincinnati. So clear matchup where they're going to be able to run the ball in Pitt, and that's that's going to be kind of the 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 blueprint for every West Virginia game this year. But um, I also think, just like what you said, both teams are one and one. This is such a pivotal game for both programs um the early vegas look ahead line is one still it's it's been a pick them all summer long it's this is a true true toss-up in in a game where both teams desperately need it so i'm sure it'll be uh chirpy all week in the media and looking forward to covering every step of the way absolutely yeah and that pit team if they struggle i mean our running back room is way better than cincinnati's so if they're if they're struggling there um emory jones has been surprisingly kind of delightful this season uh i was delving down on him to start the season because you know he can be from the the basement to floors like the basement of a house to like a penthouse on the top i mean that guy can be anywhere at any time but um i really i really like our chances this weekend um and then and then talking about uh pit as well is man it's it's just this game, Ryan, and and we'll preview it all week. But you know, Jerkovic just kind of sounded like a crybaby at the end of the game, talking about like, "Oh, I'm being booed by my own fans." I'm like, dude, one, you deserve to get booed by your own fans. You didn't perform well. But two, if you if you're worried about your own fans booing you, 
just wait till you get to Morgantown. At least they were trying to maybe get you ready, get you riled up. If that, if your own fan base booing you doesn't put a fire under you, and then you go on to complain about it, I question if his head's in the right spot for this game upcoming this week. And I have a feeling Narduzzi, after that press conference, said, hey, man, Narduzzi stuck it to him after that. You think Narduzzi puts up with that? No, and that was kind of the knock on uh, on Jerkovic coming out of Notre Dame in, in Boston College, kind of a guy that's had all the answers. But, I, I mean, he'll he'll have a chance to bounce back. But, yeah, I wasn't a fan of his uh, his comments after the game. I thought it came off as a sore, sore sport, I guess. But, but hey. I, they're uh, they're, it's not it's not all clean there right now at Pitt. They 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 they're vulnerable, and if I think if the Mountaineers start fast, continue what they uh, found a little bit in the second half against Duquesne, and so shout out to Zach. Zach was exactly right. Mm-hmm. He said seventeen points for Duquesne. They were right on the right on the dot. So yeah, thank God it wasn't thirty five seventeen. Yeah, hey, there we go. Shout out to Zach. Yeah. He, he did a good job covering it, watching him. So, um. You know, really, really enjoyed having him on the show. The the, the one uh, person from Pittsburgh that we're going to enjoy having no on doubt. the show, right, Ryan? Uh, kind of transitioning to to the rest of the Big Twelve um, and clean up any any other notes and thoughts before we hit the the backyard brawl hard. Uh, another, interesting, I guess, week for the Big Twelve, Ryan. Uh, Gundy did Gundy things. You know, beat Arizona State. He wasn't losing that game, but more specifically, at the noontime slot, uh, Baylor. Go, goes down to 0-2 against next year's uh, Big 12 team, Utah. Uh, yep. You know, another next year Big 12 team, Colorado. They're catching their stride right in time for the Big 12, which is which is nice to see. And Texas Tech goes to 0-2 against Oregon, a game that they, they should have won. And yeah. right now is obviously we, we have one focus is, is this game coming up because what we're going to see is to recap what we've talked about Pitt so far, the winner of this game, will probably do pretty well in conference play. The The loser of this game, you might just see kind of skid and go the rest of the year. But you get that's why it's so important to do well and get past this pit game because then you go into a Big 12 schedule. And this Big 12 schedule, it's not looking as hard as it once did. You got Texas Tech uh, again, and that game got announced for 3.30. Definitely yeah. a beatable team as we're seeing. Then you're at TCU after that. Uh, I mean, we'll see how TCU does this week. I mean, their their game against Nickel State. I mean, it's not really going to tell you much, um, other than they probably needed to to get right themselves. But very beautiful defense. Then you got to buy, and then you got Houston, who just lost to Rice. That we saw another you know game from this weekend. Ryan, this 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 week could be the game that that really excels us, and and maybe gets that that eight and four really really possible. Obviously, take it one game at a time, but. But fortunately, Texas is looking like the best team in, in the Big 12, and they're about to go to the SEC, and we don't play them this 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 season. So Mountaineers are in a good spot. They are, yeah. the The league is the league is wide open. A um, couple other teams that that got got big wins. I mean, UCF went to Boise. That was a big win. I know mm-hmm. we're going to play UCF here later at the month. Um, that was a big win. I thought Kansas State was just business like. Uh, against Troy who had won mm-hmm. 12 games in a row and uh, Oklahoma looked pretty good for the most part, but obviously the headline in the big 12, unfortunately was Texas looking the way they did. I mean, they talent wise, maybe they do have everything together. It's uh, they, they got all the pieces and they took it to Alabama that 
That was not a fluke win. They were they were no. by far the better team for sixty minutes and probably could have won the game by more than ten, in my opinion. But hey, uh, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as we're horns down, they might as well. If they're going to win something big on the national spotlight, yeah. at least West Virginia might as well make some money off of it. Yeah, no doubt, and it's going to be interesting. You got a couple weird spots this week. By the way, Kansas looks really good. Kansas really good. offensively with Jalen Daniels, Lance Leipold. I'm glad they're not on the schedule. Um, but uh, Iowa State's got a tricky road road spot this week. They got to go to a max school at, at Ohio U. Yeah, um, Oklahoma I State. I, I love Gundy, but they have not been that sharp, and they keep playing three mm-hmm. quarterbacks. So we'll see. We'll see if they can figure some things out. BYU's finally going to hit the road. They're going to play Arkansas we'll this week. We'll see what they they're made of. Look, yeah, they haven't looked very sharp. And then uh, the Big Twelve opener: TCU at Houston and Dana. We saw that man. The knock on Dana has been consistency, and that's what happened on Saturday. You get a big win over UTSA, then you then you lose to Rice, and but then you got TCU. So the most Dana thing to do would be to beat TCU after you lost to Rice. Oh, that that would be a Dana special, man. Honestly, looking at this schedule, Ryan, we're in a good spot. I mean, I think Oklahoma's a beatable team too. I do not have faith in Venables. Uh, you, uh, no, all, all we'll we'll see when he proves it. But until otherwise, obviously, we know how we feel Baylor at the end of the season. I mean, our two toughest as of now. I mean, you know, you don't want to overreact, but our, our two toughest games might be UCF and Cincinnati. The way things have been shaking out so far, like, hey, good for the newcomers coming in and 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 really representing and and doing well. Yeah, uh, and BYU will be put to the test uh, at Arkansas. We'll we'll finally see what they're made of, but. On Slovis, which I know doesn't bother West Virginia fans too much. Him not doing well uh, isn't bothering too many fans. So uh, BYU's defense should be pretty good. Like I said, we'll see how they're tested against Arkansas with their new defensive coordinator. Um, But hey, like we said, it all everything comes down to Saturday. You win here, that that win could just spiral you into another four or five from there in a row. and, and you're right. The newcomers are combined seven and one. They they've they've been impressive, especially Cincinnati. I've been I've been pleasantly surprised with Cincinnati and Scott Satterfield and Emory Jones. But these teams are going to get tested a little bit more, specifically BYU this week. Um, I think it it really is incredible that Baylor and Texas Tech are both sitting there at zero and two. I mean, we we were disappointed after we lost to Penn State. Imagine being with those programs right mm-hmm. now, where both of those teams should have won on Saturday. They both yeah. gave those games away in the fourth quarter, especially Texas Tech. Actually, more so Baylor. Baylor was up uh, seven points and driving late. They they should have won that game easily going away, but they're just – and, and the and the fans are not showing up there either right now. So, no, they're not. Yeah. It's uh, gotta, interesting times in the Big 12. It is. You got to – especially with the Texas Tech is, is you got to kick them while they're down. Is yeah. hey, we, we we don't you know, we as looking at the Big 12 as a whole, we like Texas Tech as a school. We like you know, good fan base, good culture. We're really good friends with the gotchas, of course. And we'll we'll have them on when we preview Texas Tech here in the next couple of weeks. But man, kick them all they're down. We gotta yeah. keep this rolling and it starts next this week again. Play absolutely. Tech next week. Egg, it's, already, absolutely. it's already next week, yeah. I know. Well geez, but but hey, we we got a great packed show for you this week, everyone. As you would expect during the week of the backyard brawl. Um, tomorrow we'll, we'll 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 talk about this pit team a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about the history of the rivalry, and then we'll really break them down Wednesday. Do our predictions, keys to victory, all throughout the week. 
So again, we go live uh, every Monday through Thursday at five o'clock uh, here. Find us on YouTube, Twitter. Um, we love you all. We appreciate you all. We recently had Ren Baker on uh, last Friday as well. So go check out that episode. He was a fantastic guest. We asked him tough questions, Ryan, and he answered all of them straight up. Didn't it, you know, sometimes, you know, different areas, different, you know, they'll try to be kind of political with their answers and not really answer them, but kind of answer them. But no, Ren, Ren said, yep, that is a problem. And this is how we fix it. And it was, it was really refreshing to see. So thank you again, Ren Baker, for coming on. And everyone go check out that interview when you get a chance. So we love you all. Big week ahead. Beat Pitt. Go Mountaineers. And we'll see you tomorrow. Go Mountaineers. Beat Pitt.